Hey guys, it's Kelly and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. I am still on my little mini hiatus while I am taking care of my husband. And this is another pre-recorded interview that I did a few weeks ago. And it is my best friend and my son's godfather. And his name is Chris. And I thought that it would be very beneficial to have him on because He's kind of like the friend that picks up where the husband leaves off. So he's been also an amazing and great support for me uh, in all aspects of my life. He also is launching his own podcast soon. So it's kind of been fun teaching him all the ins and outs and everything like that. So I want to welcome everybody to my best friend, Chris. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic, Kelly. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Thank you for being a guest. This is kind of new for me. I've only done Mitch before you, so it's interesting (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And you know Mitch. He is, uh, he's Mitch. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I, obviously you've heard my podcast and I think the best way to help spread awareness is by talking about different things. And I've asked you to come on because it's kind of like there were some questions that I was wondering that maybe other people who are friends of survivors might be wondering and thought maybe you could give some insight in for all of them. All right. I can, I can certainly try. So my first question is, And it might be hard. I actually asked this to Mitch first and he made me start the whole recording over. But what is it like for you and how does it affect your life to be best friends with someone who has the past that I've had? It makes me very, I want to say guarded about my interactions and what I say because of the fact that I have a general sense that if I say the wrong thing, things could, things could actually happen and go awry. Fair enough. And, and, and caught and cause, uh, meltdowns. I'll put it, I'll put it like that. Yeah. So literally that's exactly, that's my, that's my, that's the way I, I feel about it. Do you think that it impacts your life a lot? Because like one of the questions that I asked Mitch was, do you feel like in our relationship that you're kind of having to be on the back burner because of my PTSD and my flashbacks? Do you kind of feel the same way with our friendship and literally no judgment? This is like, I want the truth about it. You won't hurt my feelings any. Uh. No, because I know that there are days that you are going through your your stuff, that you're going through your things, and I'm going through mine. And on that aspect, I'm actually and very mindful of that. And so that is something that I keep in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And try to and try to be self-conscious and aware of. Um, so we've been friends for, oh God, what, like 10 years now? Going on 10 years, yeah. 
Yeah. And so we were friends actually prior to when I actually knew the term sex trafficking. And before a lot of my memories had surfaced, do you see a difference in my behavior or friendship, the way that we react, like kind of as I've been on this journey of surviving? The fact that you've become more vigilant and more self-aware and you're and you've also portrayed strength when when it was needed and i and i and i mean you've you've lent strength to those who have actually sought someone to actually talk to and counsel people and actually counsel people that's what i mean when i say that you portray strength thank you um Do you think that there has been because Mitch had said that, you know, lately with everything that's going on, I've obviously I've been on edge and I've had new triggers and flashbacks and stuff like that. Is that stuff that you're kind of noticing, too? Various uh, at various stages in our conversation, but I always am asking the mindful question of what's what's causing the issue and we delve into it and talk about it at at great length Mm -hmm. with with your experience and my analytical mind i think that we can actually get to the root cause of the problem is there ever a time where you like see me calling and you just look at the phone and you're like oh this is why they created caller id and you just like send me over to voicemail because you're like i don't have time to deal with her right now no you're lying (laughs) there are times where i'm I'm at full league and you you call me that's 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 the situation that you're trying to describe and get out of me right there Well, I've noticed with you and Mitch, it's like when I say, okay, so both of you are like, hold on, I got to get ready for this. (laughs) I'm just getting, getting into a comfort zone, knowing that I'm going to, I'm going to get very comfortable with the statements that, that are made and the discussion that's going to be had. So that's, that's all I'm doing. I'm just adjusting myself. And yeah. getting getting ready to be comfortable with it. And another question with absolutely no judgment. Since we found out that it was sex trafficking and I've been dealing with that, how much research have you done about sex trafficking? And have you found anything that was kind of helpful for friends and family members of survivors on how to best support victims and survivors of sex trafficking? I've done some research. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and lie about it. I'm gonna sit there and be as candid as, as as I am with this. I've done some research on sex trafficking, and the best thing that I know is to reassure the people that were sex trafficked that first off, it's not their fault, none whatsoever, because they didn't have a choice in the matter. They were deprived of their right to choose. Yeah. And also uh, another thing is 
that you got to get out and live your life. You got to do a lot of, you got to, it's going to, it's going to take some time adjusting, but you have to get out there and live your life and, and pick yourself up. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's tough is in the regard that you're, you're knocked down mentally and emotionally, but you're not beaten to the point unless you allow yourself to be beaten. That's the thing is that you have to get up and you have to fight back and get out there and do whatever, do whatever you need to do in order to make yourself feel like, feel whole. Yeah. How easy was it for you to find information on the web about sex trafficking versus how much you were able to learn about it from me telling you like the intimate details of my story? Well, believe it or not, it's not that hard. And I wish, and it's not that hard to find it on the internet. And honestly, I wish it were made, it were, it were, things were actually made more transparent Mm -hmm. with sex trafficking. And because there are things that I don't know per se about, about you that I know with enough respect not to force the issue. Mm -hmm. And also when it comes time that you're going to tell me in your own right. Yeah. And so I, so I have to, so that's another thing that has to be taught. that has to be learned as well. Those supporting victims of sex trafficking, you have to respect the boundaries. Yeah. You have to respect the boundaries that are there. I'm not, I don't claim to be a psychologist or an expert in the field of psychology, but go through certain things and they don't want to talk about it at certain points in time. Yeah, it, I definitely agree with that. It's going to take a great deal of time and trust. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's the thing that is is broken in that regard is that level of trust. Because the people that the victims were with, they trusted them. And they sh- and those people shattered their trust. Yeah, definitely. And how much like do you think that you learned more hearing me tell you about what happened versus what you were able to find on the internet? Because I know there's like a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of people they kind of seem to find all the conspiracy theories and everything, but do you think that it was more beneficial hearing it from us actual like an actual survivor versus just reading a bullet list on some organization's website? I want to say it I want to say it's a blend of both because the information that you read on the internet does not portray what the actual what actual victims go through. Those are those are two different those are two different that's two different sources of information right there. Yeah. And you and you sort of have to mesh everything together and weave your way through it and piece everything together 
like you're stitching, like you're stitch, like you're uh, crocheting a blanket. You're mm-hmm. having to to weave in and out and do that. So that's that's what I believe is that it's a it's a hybrid of both. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think my personal opinion, I don't think the organizations, I think they do a great job at depicting myth versus facts. I just don't think they're like you said, you can't really know the details of what we go through until we talk about it. Um, do you think that it would be beneficial if there was, cause I had mentioned with my husband about how they have Al-Anon for the friends and families of addicts. Do you think if there was an organization or something created similar to that, that that would be beneficial, like a place that you could go to, to kind of talk to other people that friends have gone through this, where maybe you could vent, talk trash about how annoying it is to have us in your lives. Sometimes I know I'm not a peach, Um, but do you think like having an outlet that was just dedicated to the families and friends of survivors, like how beneficial do you think that would be? I, I, I personally feel that would be greatly beneficial just actually able to understand what, where everyone is as far as being associated with the victim and a survivor of it. And I, I don't, I don't use the word victim loosely. It's, it is, it, it is what it is, but it's a, to be around those supporting victims and survivors of it. That way you can actually be prepared for stages and where you're at as far as, as far as progression is concerned. Mm-hmm. And, and for those that are coming, that are just coming fresh into it, that you can also impart that wisdom. You can also impart that wisdom to those supporting members and family members and loved ones and uh, partners for yeah. them. So that way, so that way they can understand exactly everything that's going on there and, and, and start piecing everything and say, okay, so I'm at this stage. So I need to do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and, and just have them memor- have them have a, a checklist, so to speak. Yeah. A I, checklist. I mean, obviously, you know, about the, uh, I hate saying arguments, but the fights that me and Mitch get into sometimes, and we have to kind of go to our separate corners and take space away from each other. And I've been Noticing that my, you know, flashbacks and sometimes like he'll trigger some reactive abuse out of me. And he said in his, when I talked with him in his interview that he's never actually taken a step back and realized that I wasn't yelling at him. I was just kind of yelling in his direction. Have you ever felt like that? Cause I know sometimes we've kind of gone at it. Like, have you ever realized or seen any signs where it was like okay that wasn't about me that was about something else like anything you could spot where it's like you know that it's not about us and it's not about our friendship and i'm i'm trapped in a flashback or something similar to that yeah i've 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 i i have noticed that recently and uh recently and 
even even when we first started it was more frequent when we first started our yeah. our, yeah. our relationship and I'll, I'll call it that it's a relationship it, it's 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 not relationship in the sense that people think mm-hmm. but i've noted i've noticed that and i've taken a couple of days myself and just focused on my stuff and a couple days after a couple days we'd come back and we like hey what's going on and when i would actually that's what i that's what i was talking about in the beginning that we would actually get together and actually talk about what's going on and what's triggering the the stuff yeah and and that and and that's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it stuff because there's no other way to, to describe it. Not that it's kid friendly anyways. <laughs> right. Right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I definitely don't want to like invalidate you in any way, but I think like the interactions that we have that benefit me the most are when we talk about like the college football politics and sports and things like that, because it's such an escape And it gives me something else to think about and obviously complain about (laughs) because we hate Bama. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) it's just having that for me is just it's so valuable because I don't really have a lot of places and a lot of people that I can talk to and places I can go where it's like, you know, I feel like I'm that's like turning my identity is turning into a sex trafficking survivor. And I just, I don't want to be that sometimes. So um, how easy do you think it is to be that outlet for me to just kind of make me escape and get me out of my head? So that way I'm not just Kelly, the sex trafficking survivor, you know, I'm just like, Hey, the bestie that knows more about football and screams more about refs than the regular girls do. Yeah. It, I find it, I find it a lot easier for us. Mm-hmm. I find it a lot, a lot easier for us because we actually do talk about various things. Like for, like, for example, when I launched the Chris Miller experience, I'm going to have a discussion about, I mean, you and I have talked outside of outside of outside of this mm-hmm. about NFL playoff scenarios. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I delve into. And when I, I talk about it, you're like, okay, so how does this and this, this, and this occur? Or how how does how does this affect this? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I took notice of tonight was, and I don't mean to invalidate what the no, podcast no, no. one of the things I noticed tonight was New Orleans beating Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. I haven't Sunday. been paying attention. I was watching Dexter and crying like a little baby at a serial killer show because, you know, that's me. <laughs> New, New, New Orleans beat Tampa Bay and shut out Tom Brady on Sunday Night Football. I got a notification about something with Tom Brady, but you know how I feel about that, man. <laughs> yeah. So now that Sunday night football game actually impacts what happens going forward into next week. Yeah. Next weekend. So 
so I'll delve into that. So I'll delve into that in my, in my blog that I have, and we'll talk about that later on, but it's there. It, it, you and our interaction is you talk about football with me. I talk about it with you and we go back and forth and we go through the timeline throughout the season. Yeah. And we, not just football, all sports. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. But it is, it's a good escape because, and it's also like so supportive in a lot of ways because I mean, social media, it's kind of hard to scroll through social media anymore to escape and things like that. So I definitely do appreciate all the conversations and I am like super excited for your podcast. And I think it was really awesome of that person to suggest that you do a podcast. I mean, she's pretty badass. For suggesting yeah. it and doing your cover art. By the way, that was me, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, but, you know, it's just, I feel like I had said in a blog that I did like a while ago that I don't even think I even have published anymore is, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And I think it takes a village to save a victim and to support a survivor. And it's, there's so many different people and so many different aspects of our lives that they each play a part in supporting us. So I definitely appreciate the part that you play which also, you know, helping out with navigating Owen's autism is awesome as well. That Absolutely. Kid, that kid is crazy. <laughs> uh, so, he's with, awesome. genius comes, with genius comes insanity is, is, is the, is the saying. Yeah. Well, I asked so, him, I asked him to do an episode with me. It was just going to be a cute little quick one. And I said, like, how did it feel when you first saw mommy's podcast on Amazon? And he's like, I don't like your questions. And he got up and walked away. And and I said, you know, daddy did it with me and Uncle Chris is going to do it. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not. (laughs) That kid is something else, I'll tell you. Um, Right. He needs a visit from Uncle Chris. Just saying. I think that I think that could be arranged in the in the coming future. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time, obviously. <laughs> but but, it, but the other, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna ask, um, because it's like, you know, obviously with my husband, things are in his life are more affected by the daily things that are happening by the ring you know, and the fight or flight that I'm in, like, do you feel that you're being directly affected by what they're doing now? Like, you know, about the lawsuits and the different things that they do to kind of mess with my head and to try to scare me into doing whatever they want. We haven't really figured out, you know, the end game yet for that, but how much do you feel like, do you like, how much do you feel like that affects your life? Like, do you feel like, because we're so close that you're in a certain level of danger, possibly as well, that like you could be collateral damage. Um, uh, I am to an extent, but I'm also, but I'm also very, as far as danger, I'm, I'm aware of the danger to an extent. 
but it doesn't phase me because if I let that fear overwhelm me, it it's going to be, it becomes very difficult and challenging for me to continue and do what I do. And what, and what I'm, what I'm, what I do is I help people through things. Yeah. I, I support people. If it's a crime for me to support people and go ahead and throw me in jail, I don't care. It doesn't change who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why I also tell the uh, supporters of victims and survivors I don't don't change who you are, but be mindful of them. Yeah, there are people. There are people as well. And, and then, oh god, sorry. And they they sometimes need to be supported and coddled mm-hmm. or nurtured and protected. That's what my that chiropractor says is nurtured. Yeah, and that and that's what I that's what I tend to eat. that's that's what that's what it is. It's it's a nurturing. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. It's it's nurturing to make to get them to feel better. Yeah. Do you ever feel like uh, hopeless? Like sometimes I'm just so in the thick of it and everything and you feel like hopeless, like you want to help, but you just really don't know how to. And it's like, there's nowhere you can go to try to figure out what's best for me. Like, is there any point where you were just like, you've crushed or felt like, well, I really didn't do what she needed. And it kind of affected you and made you feel like, I don't know what other words you use, but hopeless invalidate or uh useless is, is actually yeah, the useless. no because because i know that you're getting stuff off your chest mm-hmm. and and that's beneficial to you and i can i can take the punishment to an extent i'm not gonna lie but at certain at certain aspects, I have to detach myself. I have to detach all emotional connectivity and compartmentalize. Yeah. And people sit there and say compartmentalization is a good thing. It's good if you do it once in a while. Don't be afraid to let those feelings be described and portrayed. Yeah. Because you're because if because if you can because if you don't describe them to everyone or anyone, you're invalidating yourself. Yeah. And that's not what needs to be done. And then one final question. If there was any advice that you could give to a friend of a survivor or victim of sex trafficking, what would it be? Be there for them. Listen when they want to talk. And when, when they say, I want to go do something, go do it with them, whether you, whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. 
because it shows that you care about them. Yeah. And at that point, you might actually have a different perspective if you go do the events that they want to do. Therefore, you can therefore you can actually understand and enjoy. It go it go it goes to just state it, enjoy life, have them enjoy life. Yeah. Like for me, my my big escape and. I tell talk to people is just picture yourself on a bo- on the on the shores of a beach mm-hmm. near a body near a body of water. Yeah, and we won't talk about how you never took me to Forks. No, no, or to no. go see the Green River Killer. We're, we're not going to talk about that. No, <laughs> <laughs> but. That's all the time I have. And I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving insight because I know that a lot of my listeners are friends of survivors. And I think that more people like to admit it that, or I think more people don't like to admit that they struggle with supporting other people. And I know Mitch had expressed multiple times that, he felt like he was selfish when he thought about his himself. So I thought that it would be great to kind of bring a friend on. So that way, any other people out there and my listeners, if you have friends that are survivors, you could kind of get some good insight. And again, I really believe so strongly that we need to also set up a system that will support our friends and families because they go through it just as much as we have. And they didn't ask to be the best friend or the husband or whomever of a sex trafficking survivor. So we had to make sure that we support them because in supporting them, we're helping to support the victims and the survivors. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. And as always, thank you for all the continued love and support. And I will talk with you all soon.